Welcome on back. The Olympics, they have been underway for a little bit now. We're into the final week of the Olympics. And sadly, the United States and the team up north, Canada, have both been eliminated from the men's hockey tournament in the last 24 hours for me. Taking the microphone to my face and saying a couple words. And it's really unfortunate. You know, I truly believe that the U.S. and Canada are two of the best teams in hockey. Yet neither one is into the semifinals in the Beijing 2022 Olympic men's hockey semifinals. So really the question I want to say is, the question I want to answer here is, should the NHL have sent their players? Now, this situation really needs a lot of context for it to make sense. Because, you know, this, and there, you know, the, at some time the NHL wanted to send players to the Olympic Games. But I'm going to lay out like a couple of reasons here why they didn't send them. First of all, had to deal with all of the postponements within the NHL this year. I mean, there were a lot of games postponed due to positive tests with the COVID. Now, that really isn't a problem anymore now that they've changed the policy on testing so i mean there shouldn't be at least not the same level of postponements where there's a a stretch there where teams are being postponed constantly and the league just wasn't really functioning now with the new policies in place things are going well but they had so many games that they had to make up and that's what they're doing during this time they're pretty much all the games that were postponed we made up right now so anyway, making up all those games is kind of a big deal because they want to get the season done on time. Now, the United States' relationship with China is not the best. It's not perfect. You know, there's been a lot of tension with China and the rest of the world. And, you know, these Olympic Games, there were there's a peaceful protest of, of the government officials to not go to China. They didn't go there. It's kind of been, you know, let the athletes play, but we'd rather not. But, you know, if it was a 50-50 call of Olympic athletes being sent to China or not, this geopolitical uh, issue did not help at all the NHL wanting to release their players. You know, these players are worth a lot to the NHL organizations. They don't want anything bad to happen. They don't want any bad experiences they don't want anybody to be in poor health or anything when they get back so obviously it's not really risk worth taking for them especially when they had to make these games up really another key factor here in in deciding why not to go there is certainly going to be that they weren't there last time and that the Olympics went on just fine four years ago in Pyeongchang. And, you know, the COVID situation over there, you have to quarantine, which would make them probably have to miss even more time. But the Olympic, the athletes were not there in Pyeongchang. It was, again, the same kind of uh, professionals that play in other leagues as well as college players. So, they did it a couple of years ago, 
So I guess they could do it now. But certainly looking back on it, now that the Olympics are really almost into a close, at least on the hockey side, it's kind of, you know, regretful that they didn't send the players. I personally, before these Olympics, would have, I really agreed with the NHL not to send the players. And I don't think that you should put anyone in in China if you don't have to for these Olympic Games. You know, they play in the NHL. It's not like the Olympics are the biggest of deal to them. Obviously, it's it's a bigger deal for some people who never get a national audience. They never get any sort of recognition for their talents in, like, bobsled, in skiing. They're not going to get the same recognition as these professional hockey athletes. Obviously, some some players don't play for the best of teams, but I I would right now, I am kind of feeling that they should have sent these players now. I feel like it would have been a much more intriguing tournament, certainly. And I feel like it would be worth more of my time to watch the Olympics. But anyway, it was their choice. They didn't want to send the players. They had their reasons. And I don't think just because of the issues, I don't think the NHL Players Association are that mad that they didn't go to the Olympics. I think given all the circumstances, it's kind of a lost cause. They didn't really have a choice. Had to make these games up. Couldn't go to Beijing. So going forward in 2026, I expect them to be uh, going to the Olympics. I expect NHL players to compete in the Olympics in 2026. Tw- now 2030, who knows? That's way too far down the lo- road to make any projection. But it really is. Olympic hockey is really the only sport that I can think of. So when you compare this to really men's soccer in the Olympics. You know, if you don't know men's soccer in the Olympics, there's kind of this agreement that FIFA and the IOC had, I don't know, maybe 50 years ago, that men's soccer at the World at the Olympic Games will can only have athletes under the age of I think 23. So you have to play young players. I think you get maybe 3 or 4 older players to add to your team. But it's they did that, I think, to sort of mim- minimize the conflict of interest with the World Cup, which kind of doesn't make sense why the women's soccer in the Olympics is still the best of the best. The Really, the national teams, anybody can play on the women's side, but men's side, it's, it's really a young players' tournament. I think they should either remove the restriction for the men's side or that they should make the women's side a youth tournament as well. Obviously, I'd rather them remove the restriction. I'd rather see these high-level athletes play at the Olympics. But certainly, you probably wouldn't get the same turnout as a World Cup. The Olympics are not as big of a deal for men's soccer. For women's soccer, you know, the... Women's World Cup hasn't been around that long. So I think women's soccer, the Olympics, are still held pretty high. 
for a lot of fans and the u.s women's national team has not come up they've i think lost in the quarterfinal in 2016 i think it was to sweden and then they lost in the semifinal i think it was maybe to canada but i'm not 100 percent sure they lost the women's semifinal in 2020 which was 2021 so you know it's hard to say but outside of that men's soccer tournament every other sport the best athletes have the opportunity to compete in their olympic sports now overall the olympics are on a decline it's it's just the truth not everyone is going to be watching the olympics this time around or next time around Maybe in 2028, there'll be a good turnout for the Olympics to watch. I think 2024 will do all right for those afternoon windows. But when we're really thinking about it, it's just not good for the TV viewer when the Olympics are over Are over in Asia. I mean, we got live stuff at, at in the late primetime window and then early in the morning. I mean you're probably not going to get too many viewers watching both the late night stuff and the early morning. It's You might get some that do that, but they're not going to watch more than two hours at night and two hours in the morning. So it's kind of a lose-lose situation for NBC because you want to bolster a primetime show, but you also want to provide more than just a primetime show. And, and they've put everything on Peacock, which I think is a good move to give those that subscribe to the streaming service access to the entire Olympic Games. I don't know exactly. I don't, that's not how I watch the Olympics. So I don't know the exact viewing experience, but I assume it's been pretty decent. There haven't been too many issues. I probably would have heard of some if there had been, but anyway, the Olympics did really good after the Super Bowl. Any program that follows the Super Bowl will do really well, and that's just the truth. Certainly, it didn't didn't match uh, the best show ever to follow the Super Bowl was f- a Friends episode titled like Friends: colon, the one after the Super Bowl. I think that was the best episode to ever follow the Super Bowl, and it was over fifty million viewers for that show. And I mean. TV, you're never going to get an audience that big for something ever again. Unless someone travels to Mars, I don't know if we're going to get an audience anywhere near that. (laughs) I don't even know if that's going to get the kind of viewers that people have seen before. Not everyone is going to be watching TV. Now, the streaming audience for the Super Bowl did really well. Over 11, 11 million, I believe, streamed the Super Bowl. Almost 2 million watched in Spanish on Telemundo which I think is a really good move for the NFL to put the game on Telemundo. And why not? Why not put the game on Telemundo? There's not really much to compete with in terms of Spanish-language TV. And Telemundo is a broadcast network. So this is this Super Bowl aired on both NBC and Telemundo. Obviously, living here in Iowa, you, we don't have Telemundo as a local station there is one in Chicago, a lot of the South and the West. You can get Telemundo in Florida as well. So, I don't know. But anyway, you're getting $2 million on Telemundo. That's probably better than 
they're going to get for a couple World Cup games. Telemundo's going to have the World Cup. They're going to broadcast every game except for the simultaneous game. So, obviously, NBC making the right move there with Telemundo and the World Cup. And, you know, not a ton has really happened with these Olympic Games. Not many stories. You know, Michaela Schifrin struggled. There was a lot of audience on that on NBC. But, you know, Mike Tirico, I just want to give a quick shout-out to him. He's, of course, the lead studio host for the Olympics, hosted the Super Bowl as well on NBC. I think they've NBC has put him through way too much. I mean, so much unnecessary travel. For for what reason? So first off, he was in the Olymp he was in Beijing. Well, I guess he covered the while the divisional game between the Buccaneers and Rams. He did cover that game for NBC. Then he was in Beijing for the opening ceremony and a couple days before, I believe, as well. With Savannah Guthrie was with him. Savannah was in the studio in New York. But they were there for the opening ceremony. Mike Tirico was there until... I think he was there for about a week. He was there Thursday through... Maybe it was only five days. But anyway, then he comes back to Bristol for some reason. On, I think, like a Wednesday. He missed one night of hosting the show. He came back to Bristol. Then he goes out to L.A. for, I think, Friday and Saturday, maybe. And then, obviously, Sunday after the Super Bowl. And then he does it there. So, why did they ever send him to Bristol? Why didn't they just send him to Los Angeles? I mean, so many different... Maybe he lives in Bristol. Maybe he wanted to bring pack some... Drop some things off there. I don't know, but... And then, obviously, now he's back in Bristol. Or, it's not Bristol. Samford. Samford, Connecticut. I'm see. This is why I cannot be trusted to be on these programming. If you're listening to me right now, I'm wasting your time. <laughs> but anyway, he's in Samford, Connecticut, in the studio, and you know I applaud him for all the effort he's gone through and to bring the Olympics to the American audience. Obviously, he's done the primetime show now for these games he did it tokyo did it in pyeongchang so that's the this is his third olympics second winter games that he's been really the lead primetime host 2016 was bob costas i think costas had it every year before then so no hard feelings related anybody who made these decisions but you know, maybe next time you might want to think through everything just a little more. And I don't think we're going to have these problems too many other times in sports ever. Where you're dealing with a pandemic, you're dealing with a Super Bowl coinciding with the Olympics. Now that will happen in four years, a Super Bowl coinciding with the Olympics. But the Olympics will be in Europe. So the, su- the Super Bowl will happen after Olympic coverage is over. So uh, if you don't know time zones, you know, maybe you should study that, but Europe is going to be ahead of 
the United States, I think from central time to Great Britain, I think it's six hours, to Germany it's seven, so you, an event that starts in, so if you ever watched the World Cup when it was in Russia, or you watched UEFA Champions League, they're always going to start matches around two o'clock central time, three o'clock eastern, maybe even two eastern, one central, so that's kind of the prime time window over in Europe is really the the earlier afternoon here. So I would expect a lot of that, and it's going to be, we had the last time the Olympics were in Europe was back in 2012 in London. Last time the Olympics were here in North America, or 2010 Vancouver. So the time difference for Europe, it's going to create that NBC could broadcast the Olympics all the way in the afternoon, probably till about 3, 4 central time, probably 3.30 maybe, that they could broadcast live Olympic coverage up until then, and then really lead into the Super Bowl. But there wouldn't be a lead out, because I would think Olympic coverage, I don't know how many hours of coverage there is, so maybe it begins 5 a.m. maybe? I Maybe 4? I don't know how early they go for Winter Olympics. I could probably calculate that if I had time, but certainly it'll be a different time then, four years from now. Everyone's probably going to have their go-go gadget watch where they watch it on some watch. They watch it... I don't know, but... Anyway, this has been this week in the JJ Sports world. I know I kind of rant and ramble and really anything that I do. But anyway, hope you guys enjoyed the Olympics if you watched them. Hope you enjoyed the March Madness is coming up in, I don't know, a month's time. And then we've got plenty more after that. So... It'll be an interesting year. Certainly the World Cup later this year. That happens around Thanksgiving time. And the draw is in April. So obviously that's going to be a crazy chaotic fall. You've got college football, the NFL, World Cup as well. And maybe even some Major League Baseball. I don't know how those negotiations are still ongoing. They're going to meet tomorrow, I've been told. So you know, Major League Baseball, will the season happen on time? Because right now they're a couple days behind from when pitchers and catchers are supposed to report. So they're not yet to the critical state of war in panic mode, but they're in panic mode. So anyway, enjoy your day, enjoy your life, enjoy everything. Peace. (laughs) Peace.